Welcome to Rising to the Top, Lessons in Leadership, brought to you by Columbia University's Career Design Lab. In this podcast, we interview senior industry leaders who share the secrets of their successes and reveal pivotal moments that impacted their career path. Come listen as they shed light on obstacles they overcame and the wins they achieved. My name is Nicole Arndt, and I will be your host for today in our interview with digital transformation leader, Alma Kondili. It's been said that change is the only constant in life, but with great change comes great loss. How do we get up and start walking, start running again, when confronted with sudden and unexpected change? When something so abrupt happens, I try to internalize it and ask the question, so what could I have done better? And only to realize that, you know, there were thousands of other people in similar situation as I was. In our conversation with Alma Condoli, she explains how her response to abrupt change led her to become the CEO of her career on her rise to the top. Alma is a value-focused digital transformation and technology leader with a significant expertise in digital strategy and execution, operational excellence, and change management. She is a frequent guest speaker at Fordham University MBA program and an active member of FinTech Connect Global Community. She enjoys the visual arts and live performances in NYC and is an accomplished photographer. Alma is joining us today as an alumni of Columbia University's Master's in Executive Technology Management program. I'm excited to be here with you. You've been a leader in technology and digital transformation at some of the largest financial service firms in the world, beginning with your career at Standard & Poor's in 2000. So welcome, Alma. Well, thanks, Nicole. I'm such a proud alumni of Columbia. I recently graduated a couple of months ago, and it's been such a great experience. I'm happy to be here today and share some of uh, some of the th- things that I learned along the journey. So, um, I was born and raised in Albania uh, during the Cold War. As soon as there was an opportunity for me to uh, to leave, uh, I did that in late 90s, and I found myself in New York City. I still recall uh, the, the first day I walked in the city and I said, my God, this is me. Uh, I love the energy, I loved the uh, the positivity. Um, there is a sense of can-do attitude in New York, and I think that's something that I embraced, and it has become a motto. More than 20-something years in, in New York, but uh, I absolutely uh, feel as, as thrilled as they want. In 2000, uh, I joined um, Standard & Poor's, and somewhere in 2009, as recession hit, I found myself to be part of a restructure. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people probably even now, you know, as we are semi into a recession, are feeling and having the, those anxieties. And I think this period of time usually brings back all those memories. When something so abrupt happens, I think it put me in a shock first, um, second, uh, I, I try to internalize it and ask the question, so what could I have done better? And only to realize that, you know, there were thousands of other people in similar situation as I was. You know, when you work for a place for nine years, that abruptness doesn't just, you know, pretty much affect who you are and how you associate yourself with your career, 
but it's also an abruption of uh, the the routines and things that you have learned and all the all the relationships that you you built you know in in that environment at that moment you start to realize so um pretty much reflect and say how do I move on? <laughs> where do I start? And where do I pick the pieces? And how I can leverage this to turn it into a positive experience and 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 move on with your career. And I think um, that was just the beginning, <laughs> because um, it 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 also taught me not to you know wait for the company to make decisions for me, but to take the reins and become what I would say the CEO of my own career. We're back in 2009 and you're you're aware of this now, but at the time, what did you do to bounce back? And beyond that, what do you do when faced with unexpected change? Yes, a great question. So I still recall that for months and months and months, uh, there was no new positions. Everything started to dry up. Uh, there was no opportunities. I remember, you know, waking up every day and pretty much trying to check, you know, um, and 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 make phone calls and reach out to recruiters or or to people that I knew. The best way, I think, to approach any dramatic change, because usually this is, this tends to be dramatic changes in your life, I think it's best to surround yourself with. Uh, mentors, um, advisors, friends, family, uh, people that you have known, you know, throughout the years. And I think there is a, a testament of, uh, you know, how strong those relationships are when um, a time as difficult as this really, you know, um, happens. I found myself lucky to have had and, and, and still continue to have to nurture, you know, throughout the years, great relationships. But it was very important to me during that time, those relationships were provided, you know, uh, the support that, that I needed, you know, to get through. I recall reaching out to my mentor, uh, Bill Katucci, which I met a few years back, and we, we collectively decided, you know, probably it was best for me to, to go back and, and take some additional training, which I did. And I went and I got a Black Belt Lean Six Sigma um, certification, you know, uh, towards the end of 2009. And that pretty much led to my new opportunity as a consultant for uh, SWIFT. You mentioned Bill. Are there other mentors that you've had who have made a difference? One of the uh, great opportunities um, when I learned about the program at Columbia was the fact that um, it was going to provide a mentor for me to work on the executive chapters, you know, which is similar equivalent to the thesis um, for, for, for my master. Um, I was lucky and I, I still feel grateful to have known and worked um, uh, side by side with uh, Mark Lapenta, which is the former chief technology officer for MetLife and actually one of the first ones to design digital banking, which is a great, uh, it, was, it was such a great pairing for us because my thesis was around uh, digital banking for Generation Z. But at this point of my life, I'm ready to become and I have become a mentor for others. Uh, I, and I'm so much more sensitive to 
pretty much uh, give back. I, I mean, that's 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 my belief in life. You have to give back as much as you take uh, to give back and 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 play that role, uh, which is so crucial for other people's as well. This bit on mentorship is really important. Um, the relationships we have, you know, people say you are who you surround yourself with, and so I would. Be curious to hear your thoughts on mentorship in the workplace, so a more formal setting, and and what's the difference in your experience between a mentor and a sponsor or, or supervisor? There is a huge difference between a mentor and a sponsor, for example. I believe people should seek out sponsors and mentors in their workplace um, because it's a great environment to do that. Uh, but you have to prove yourself when it comes to a sponsor that there is, you know, potential in you. There are capabilities and abilities in you to propel you to the next level. So by establishing you, yourself as as a trustworthy uh, uh, person that need, you know, it's ready to move to the next level, it, it makes it so much easier for a sponsor you know, to put his energies into propelling your, your career. However, with a mentorship, it can be, you know, not so structured. It, it can, you can reach out to someone that you admire, uh, how they, uh, they lead, for example. Leadership skills can be tremendous, how they communicate, how they treat, you know, everyone surrounding them, how they promote or how they help and support others to reach their um, their, their, their potentials. So the observations needs to be from a mentee so much and, and then make themselves available and, and reach out for, for, for that mentee-mentor uh, relationship. Uh, but I would extend it actually a little bit more outside of the workplace because sometimes, you know, you you can't find that ideal mentor or, or someone that is willing to put the time uh, and the energy into this. So I think today with the social media, with the, you know, you can reach out and you, in, 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 in an instant, uh, you still have to make the case that what you bring to, 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 to this relationship is worthy of their time. Uh, but I think it's, it's a great opportunity. And if not social media, you know, there are conferences and there are, you know, there are other opportunities where people can, are, are approachable. And uh, I think it's always this to take the initiatives and know where you stand, what you're seeking and what is the role that the mentor can play for you. So it, it, I think usually it, it's a little bit on the mentee side to seek out. Uh, and for and first and foremost, know yourself, and then you know that's a starting point. Okay, so switching gears, uh, you've made several pivots in your career. Is there a process that you follow to decide when it's time to move on? My go-to strategy <laughs> is to reflect and look upon what are the opportunities and if there is a limitation for those opportunities or I have reached the full potential you know and, and it's almost I have hit the ceiling so to speak then then I look around and I say so what is happening in the industry I am in what are the skill sets that I think is are going are, are in demand but are going to be in demand and 
may may not be even in in immediate demand, but they're going to be in demand. So it's this constant reflection uh, upon, you know, not just who I am and what I bring to the table, but also where the industry is going, um, where technology is taking us. I mean, believe it or not, technology has been uh, a lever of, of tremendous transformation the last 20-something years. Um, so embrace that and, and try to start connecting those dots and seeing what is the delta I am missing to be leading, for example, in the case of digital transformation. That is... A, that is you know, in, in, in my case, in 2016, I found myself pretty much leaving um, a, a new career um, and deciding to, to go back and, and take additional training for uh, design thinking. And to do that, I, I, you know, pretty much found something online with MIT Sloan. I came to the conclusion that everything that I've done up to that point, such as learning, you know, becoming a black belt in Six Sigma or having change management. Design thinking was at the core of digital transformation. So if I really wanted to play uh, a leading role in digital transformation, that was the piece that was missing. So similar to, you know, me arriving at that conclusion, I think people can look upon where they are, what is, what are those missing skills that they need to, to get, and fill that gap. There is a, a, a variety of ways to do that. There are a lot of online classes. You don't have to spend a lot of time, a lot of money to, to, to travel and, and take those training, for example. Um, you can re, you know, pay very minimal. Uh, some of Coursera, for example, courses provide a variety of training um, and additional skill set. Um, you can join Colombia like I did, <laughs> and and Colombia is great not just because they are offer, for example, um, some of the best programs in, in 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 graduate level, but also there are a lot of other programs and skill set that you can learn through you know some of the best universities, and again these are available online with sometimes you know less expensive than than going uh, in in person. But sometimes even reaching out internally within your own company to seeing um, what training they provide, because sometimes the, the companies provide great training um, and they, they, they partner with, with great institutions to provide those training as well. And there is always funding uh, to, to help with those trainings. So I think it's a variety of things how uh, people can accomplish and filling up those gaps. Uh, but it's, I think, the most important part is for one to reflect upon where they are, where they want to be, how to get there, and what is needed, what is the work they need to put in, um, and through, through what training in order to get where they need to, they need to be. You know, in the Career Design Lab, we often speak with our students and alumni about um, company culture and aligning with company values and, and mission. And so in making these career choices, uh, I'm curious to hear what kind of role company culture and values played in your decisions. I think it's very important to align, to be aligned with the culture of, of the company you're joining in. Um, 
some, sometimes you may stay there a few years and sometimes you may spend the rest of your life. Um, but if, if, those, if, if there is, you know, a misalignment, that, that's going to, to be a major issue. And, and it's very difficult to find out as you are interviewing, you know, for a new position to find out day one what the culture you're walking in. Uh, you are getting a sense through the people you are talking, but um, I usually do a lot of additional, you know, research on my own. I will go to Glassdoor, for example. I will try to find employee sentiment about the company. I will read any articles that are published about the culture of that company to ha to get a grasp that, based on everything and all the data that I'm getting, is this a right fit? I put a lot of efforts into the interviewing. They put a lot of effort and, and, and time into interviewing me. And um, if there is that misalignment, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to work out in the long run. So unfortunately, <laughs> all the work is, is back on us to do that research and to get, you know, all that information. And sometimes if there is a person that you know that works into the company, I think it's best to pick up the phone and ask them, you know, you've been there X amount of months or years. How do you feel about the company? And um, that, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's another data point that uh, people can use. So you've been a leader in a digital transformation in technology and finance companies. What is your opinion for female leadership? Madeline Albright, she said something that stuck with me. There is a place in hell for women that don't support women. So if I pick and choose mentees today as a mentor, I, I would prefer to do that for um, the young generation of girls because they need, you know, they need role models, but they need also to believe in themselves. And that's the first the first stepping stone where I start, uh, because uh, here we are, um, 2022, and very little progress, I think it's done to um, have more women in, in, in key leadership roles, um, to have more women as board members. Uh, there is tremendous research, um, and we are all in agreement that more diverse, you know, boardrooms um, equate to much better returns for for companies and their stakeholders. Yet again, you know, in for example, in California, they needed to come up with a legislation to force boards to have up to fifty percent of. Of, of their board seats, um, women. Um, and, and I'm not about the quotas because that's not how female leadership should be done, but I am all about promoting women, creating a pipeline of leadership for women. Um, and this goes out to all the sponsors, <laughs> female sponsors out there and female mentors out there because you know it is on them as well as on men to support and open space for the next women in leadership. Um, and, and we are at the juncture point that is more important than ever for that to, um, to become you know, more of a reality. I mean, we shouldn't be forcing the quotas 
they should be happening, you know, naturally, in my opinion. So well said, Alma. Um, and I so appreciate you sharing that advice. Thank you. It has been an excellent conversation. Thanks, Nicole, and wishing you all the best. Uh, I will miss Colombia, but I will come back as, as fast as I can <laughs> to participate in, in similar discussions. Thank you for listening to Rising to the Top, Lessons in Leadership. For more episodes, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get more information and tips on how you can advance your career, visit Columbia University's Career Design Lab at careerdesignlab.com dot sps dot columbia dot edu